Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Colin, the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ. And this is Dan Spade. He's one of our elders. And here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to head over to our website at www.churchvictoria.com. This is our Wednesday evening conversation through the law and the prophets where we open up the Old Testament. We move through the narrative and the text and we see how it impacts us today as the church and how it how that text connects to Jesus. Um, if you're listening Listening to this on the Heart and Heads podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. And if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. And make sure to comment down below. Um, if this ministry has blessed you or you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, I want, I want to encourage you to head over to that website. At the top of the page, we have a donate button that uh, take, will take you to PayPal, and you can partner with us as we seek to teach and preach the gospel. Uh, we're going to pray and get into the lesson. Again, church, thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> All right, guys, let's, uh, let's pray and we'll get started. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity we have to study again. We pray your blessings upon us as we do this. We pray, Father, that you would help to navigate us through the text so that we might that we might learn and we might grow. Father, we we know that we've got things that we need to understand and we need to we need to grow and, and mature in. And we ask, Father, that you'd help us to do that. Be with our audience. You know them, Father. You know where they're coming from. You know what they're what they bring to the table. And I pray, Father, that something that Cole and I said can help and can uh, can help them to navigate their lives as well. Father, bless us as we, uh, as we uh, uh, live our lives, striving to be the people that we're supposed to be, striving to be the people that your son died to make us. And we thank you for the opportunity. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All okay. right. So we're still in uh, Numbers uh, 21, and we're still talking about the bronze snake. There were some things that you wanted to... Yeah. It, you know, we we talked about how... We've been talking about how much they rebelled, the, the rebellion they've been at. And it and it never ceased to amaze me how fast they can go. And I understand chronolog chronologically, we don't know for sure, but it just sure seems like this is a pattern of behavior. Well, and that's the point. The, the whole point, uh, like why, like what they don't care about the chronology, and the whole point is to make you feel that exact thing, is to be like, are you serious? Like... Mm -hmm. It keeps happening. Well, I think I think there's some lessons we can learn today before we get into what I want to talk about. But, but you know, I mean, I mean, you know, Jesus died on the cross to give us a new life. Second Corinthians chapter five says, "If anyone's in Christ, they're a new creature. The old is gone, the new has come." I think I think when we don't make a a diligent effort at becoming that new creature, I think we're in a sense. Not the same, but in a sense, I think we're doing exactly what these people did. Mm. You know, because God gave everything he had. He gave the best he had to give us an opportunity to have a relationship with him, yeah. to give us access to him. We didn't have access before. And Jesus shed his blood on the cross to make us into something that we could never be on our own. That's right. And for us to take that lightly and for us to not give every effort, you know, we have... We have uh, Men and women living together and not married. We have men and women getting married and then and annulling marriages in six, eight months because they found out they really didn't like that person after all. We've got people that says, hey, you know, I'm not going to heck with it. I'm not going to get married at all. We're just going to live together. And, and we've got, you know, people that act one way at church, act another way at home. Uh, none of that 
was in God's repertoire. None of, none of that was was how God sees us being. That's right. He sees us being holy. He tells us in, I think it's in 2 Peter, he says, you know, Jesus is going to come back one day. And and he says, all the all the things, elements are going to be melted with intense heat. Yeah. All of it. He says, he's going to burn it all up. It's going to start over. Revelation says, it's going to make a, create a new heaven, a new earth. And he says in that next verse, I think it's verse 11, I think of chapter 2, or I, think, I believe. And he says, uh, then what kind of people ought you to be? Hmm. If this is what's going to happen, what kind of people ought you to be? If God has the power to do what Satan doesn't have the power to do, man can do it, but we're not going to melt the, the firmament. We may melt our own selves down. We're not going to melt the firmament. God can take the creation and it's it's like a you know, it's like you you light a little piece of tissue paper up with the, and hit it and it goes, and it's gone. There's nothing left but little, little black pieces floating down. And uh, and he says, what kind of people ought you to be? He says, you ought to live holy and blameless lives. You ought to live godly lives. And I think that when we don't try everything that we know to do to do that, you know, reconcile with your husband, reconcile with your wife. Become the person that you're supposed to be so they don't do everything they're supposed to do. So they don't say everything they're supposed to say. So what? We ain't none of us perfect. We're all of us got flaws, man. We're all damaged. Sin has damaged us. And Jesus is putting the pieces of, the, of Humpty Dumpty back together again. And you're Humpty Dumpty, guys. <laughs> you know, let's just, you're Humpty Dumpty. And he's putting the pieces back together. He can do that. All the king's men and all the king's women couldn't put Humpty Dumpty, but God can. And that's what he's doing, putting us back together again. And, and we need to help. And I just think that, that you know, as you read these stories, and you read one after another after another of them doing this, I'm going... Man, we're not, we're, we're so similar to this, it's scary how similar we are. You know, I mean, this, what we got last week, they they got bit by snakes. We talked about snakes and all that stuff. And, and we talked about, they made a bronze snake on a pole. And they looked upon the snake, you know, the faith that took to just to look on it. I got bit by, I, I get bit by a cobra, okay? I mean, let's face it, guys, they live in, in the desert in, 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 in that area. The snakes around are cobras. There's some nasty snakes out there. Sure. All right. Some nasty snakes. And uh, you 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 get bit by a cobra, and he's seven, eight foot long cobra. He's he gonna, he gonna kill you. Yeah. And these people are dying, and he says, look upon this. You know, you don't you you've already been you've been griping about the food and you've been griping about the water and you've been griping about the heat and you've been griping about everything. And then God says, Put a snake on it, put it, put it in a camp, look on it, they'll be okay. You know, it's like it's like the the uh, Naaman. Remember in 2 Kings? Mm -hmm. Naaman is the is the uh the commander of the oh, army of Aram. Mm -hmm. He's got leprosy. And he gets mad yeah. because Elijah says, I just go dip in the don't even come out. Then he come out. He won't even come out to him. He just says, I go dip in the Jordan seven times, you'll be healed. You'll be okay. And he get, he freaks out. I think we expect that God's going to do some magical thing. And God says, I'll just look on the snake. You'll be okay. You know, you know, taking care of putting Humpty Dumpty back together for God is nothing. Sure. We can't do it. We try all kinds of stuff. We can't do it. And then he says, just put, and I'm looking at him saying, what would I have done if I'd been there? What, what would I have done if I saw somebody die from a snake bite? 
And there, I think it says 30,000 of them died. You probably knew somebody that got bit and died. I, we talked about last week, we talked about a guy I know that got bit and 30, 40 years later, you know, he still has problem with that foot. Sure. So, you know, I mean, it's, it doesn't go away. It's a lifetime event. It's a lot of snakes for 30,000 people to die. That's a lot of snakes. So what is it? What is it? What is this? What is the text communicating to us? Mm -hmm. So when you start looking, especially at snakes, who is the enemy in the garden again? The snake, a serpent. And what was he? What was he doing? What was his curse? You're going to crawl on the ground mm -hmm. on your belly. Snakes, scorpions, things like this um, are, are supposed to be in their culture. They would have understood it immediately, but they're supposed to, it's supposed to be spiritual. Mm -hmm. um, it's this this spiritual war going on. When they rebel against God, who are they turning to? Well, they're turning to the enemy. And what is the result of the enemy? Well, the result of the enemy is this, right? There, there is no life here. So in a sense, the spiritual side of what's going on is God is looking at them in the rebellion and saying, okay, you don't want to choose me. You don't want to choose life. Fine. Here's, here's, here's what you're choosing them. Yeah. And he turns them over to the spiritual powers in the desert. What are the spiritual powers in the snakes. desert? Snakes. Because that's who they're serving in rebellion. Mm -hmm. What do those snakes do? Do they come out and give them life? Do they no. come out and lead give them? them death. Give them death. Yeah. And so... What, that's a pretty good. That's a, that's a neat analogy. That's that, that's exactly what what the God of this world offers. It's it's exactly what He offers. So in a, in a very real way, people get upset at God because they're like, "Oh, you're punishing these people." No, He's actually not. He's giving them exactly what they want. You guys, He gives us that option. He looked at Cain and said, "Look, sin is scratching at your door. It's up to you to master." He looked at Saul. We talked about this earlier. You know, He looked at Saul and He didn't tell Saul, "You're predestined to death." No, He said, "Obey me, and I'll enshrine your line over Israel." Yeah. He looked at Moses and He said, "Leave me alone. I'm going to destroy these people. I'm going to bring it about through you." God can do it any way He wants. Yeah. Yeah. And people are like, "Well, He made a covenant. He's bound." Go back and look at how well that worked out for Eli and his family. Yeah. He made a covenant with Aaron, an everlasting covenant that they would have the high priesthood. And then Eli comes along, is not faithful. He comes along with two lousy sons who are not faithful. He does nothing about it. And God says, oh, I made this covenant with you. Well, you didn't abide by it. So now it's gone. Yeah. People are like, God can't do that. God does it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You reap what you he sow. Can do, he can do whatever he wants. Paul says, God will not be mocked. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. God is looking at us and he says, I've given you every, you have no excuse. I've given you everything, especially now on this side. He's given us his son mm -hmm. and he calls all people to repent, like yeah. you said. Yeah. And the question is, what are you going to do? And here, and here's brass tacks. If you choose death, God's going to give it to you. Yeah. It's not about he's going to punish you and he's mad at you and he has a baseball bat and he's coming after you. It's not about that. Mm -hmm. God says, look, it's, it's like this. It's like it's like Joshua. I love I love what Joshua says at the end. I can't wait till we get to that book. Joshua looks at Israel and he says, "Look, looking at this foolishness that he's put up with, just like Moses for so long, so long." And he looks at him and he says, "Look, it's on you. Choose this day whom you're going to serve. Whether the gods of these nations that you that that the Lord has dispossessed, that He's given you this, even you serve their gods, but for me and my family, we're going to serve this God. We're going to serve our God, right? Yeah. We're going to serve the Lord." So. It really, that's what it boils down to. You've got a choice. If you choose to play for the other team, God is so kind. He is so loving. He is so generous. He's going to hook you up with the other team. Yeah. But if you think the other team has your back, you're out of your freaking mind. Mm -hmm. This is what they bring. Poison yeah. and death. Mm -hmm. Chaos and darkness. They hate you. 
those spiritual powers and authorities, the, the enemy that compromises the rebellious enemy, mm -hmm. they hate us because we're created in the image of God. Yeah. Don't choose that. And when, and you know, we talked about people who like, like members of the church who don't pursue holiness, right? Paul tells the Philippian church, live a life worthy of, of the gospel that you have received, right? And you're like, oh my gosh, that's so daunting. We're not talking about people who are trying to do that. We're not talking about people who love their brother and sister and are striving against sin and, and uh, sometimes fail. We're not talking about that person. We're talking about the people who say, yeah, I, I don't, I don't care what God says. I don't, I don't care. Mm -hmm. You know, I I, I want to do what I want to do, and I, I'm not interested in learning yeah. what God has to say about it. That's called rebellion. Yeah, that's not good. Well, you know, last week we we I took everybody to Second Kings, mm -hmm. and uh, and when Hezekiah comes on the scene, he's he's crashing down the altars and he's and he's tearing down the high places, and he and he takes this this snake this this pole snake. And he grounds it in a powder because they'd been worshiping the snake. They even named it. They'd named this idol. Yes, they did. You know, you ask yourself, wait a minute, wait a minute. You named this snake? Oh, Dan, I bet they were worshiping it then. They probably were. See, I bet they were worshiping it then. It, they, these guys were, and it was, it, what it was was a sign to us down the road of what was coming. And all it was for them was, was an act of obedience that God said, I want you to obey me. Look at this. Look upon this snake, and then they thought that the that the that the the, the snake on a pole cured them. It reminds you of Aaron with the golden golden calf, right? Behold, Israel, the God that brought us out of Egypt. <laughs> this calf I just made but with we my do hands. We do the same thing, Cole. We do. We do absolutely. You know, we do. I have kissed the feet of a statue before. Uh, I know. I have crazy i have i have been into a church building where there's lined up statues and people honor them and and believe they bleed and weep and and, and, well, and, and pray to them and pray to them which guys prayer is an act of worship yes when you're praying you are you are asking this this thing to intervene on your behalf you are appealing to another. I mean, think think of King King Ahab, right? And he sends he he's got those those questions, and so he sends all these people out to ask the oracles of these other gods, and then the prophet shows up and, and he goes, "What is there no god in Israel that you could ask?" You know, and he's all upset about I it. Remember, I mean, I don't remember the story, but didn't Elijah at one time mock somebody because they to ask him if do you sure you do you sure you made the god on the right yeah, side? Yeah, when of the he point? when he challenges the priests of Baal. Yeah. They go up to the high place uh -huh. and and they're up there and they're wailing and they're and, and and Elijah's like, you know, because because we're called to be super nice people, right? So Elijah's looking at these priests of Baal going, maybe Baal be louder, be louder. Maybe Baal stepped out and to relieve himself. <laughs> There's another time when he says, Are you sure you created that you that you used the right piece of wood? Mm-hmm. And made this statue. I'm pretty sure it's, it's just all a piece same. of wood. It's all yeah. well. We do the same thing. We we honor because we can't see God. Yeah, you know we have to have something tangible. You know Jesus gives us something tangible. He does. Look at look, Lee. Pull up John chapter three. Now this is a context, guys, where uh, a lot of people use one of these verses. 
I mean, if you watch a football game, a baseball game, somebody in that crowd is going to have a sign that says John 3.16. Mm-hmm. For God so loved the world. Yep. Okay? And and I, we always say, if you're going to study this stuff, you're going to read scriptures, look at the context. This is the context where Nicodemus comes in the middle of the night. He's one of the Pharisees, comes in the middle of the night. He questions question Jesus. He's got some legitimate questions I don't understand. You know, I need, I need some clarification here because you sound legit. All his buddies are going to want to want to want to stick a stick in this guy's eye. But Nicodemus says, you know, I don't know, man. Yeah. Something's something's different here. And so Jesus tells him, unless you're born again, unless you're born of water and the spirit. And he says, man, I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't have any. Idea. And Jesus says in verse 10, mm-hmm. you are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things. Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe how then how uh, how uh, how then will you will they believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the man, Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in Him. What's he talking about? He's talking about this event that we're reading about in Numbers chapter 21, where Moses lifted up the snake so that these people could be healed because of their because of their being snake bit and they're dying and they're crying out to to Moses, please go to God for us because we're sorry again. Yeah. We're so sorry again. And he said, he said, Jesus said, said, if you're listening to me and you're listening to my guys, we're teaching you something. About that, about that event. He said, unless the Son of Man be lifted up, you know, and, and you know, the Son of Man, you know, signifies that he is deity. He is, he is more than just this guy standing in front of him. He represents everything that, they, that they're looking for in a Savior. It's basically what it's saying. Well, and it's, it's go ahead, go ahead. And he, and he says, and, and he says, the Son of Man must be lifted up just like that snake was. The only way he said that, that everyone who believes may have eternal life. It doesn't say you have to look at him. It says you have to believe in him. They had to believe in that snake. They had to believe in God that God could heal them. And he says, look at the snake and you'll be healed. For us, the the what he's telling what he, what that thing represented to us is if I don't believe in Christ, you know, and and people have taken the next verse and twisted it into the dirt. To make it mean whatever they want it to mean, they well, miss the whole point of this whole context. They they, t- they take the word believe and they totally rip it from what it would mean here, mm-hmm. and um, you know they make it they make it they turn it into a mental acknowledgement or an acceptance of a fact or a proposition. You know, Cole, if you walk on the street in any big city and poll a hundred people and ask them, "Do you believe in Jesus Christ?" Especially this time of year. Oh yeah. 95% of them are going to say, oh, yeah, I believe in him. Sure. Now, I didn't ask you what you believe he is. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I believe in him. That's not what this is talking about. Well, that's not the mindset yeah, this is the, talking about. The modern, the modern usage of the term does not reflect its ancient heritage. No. It's just that simple. No. Um, if you ask somebody, what, essentially, if you, if you ask somebody today what they believe, you're you're asking somebody what they agree to, mm-hmm. right? Well, I, I agree to I agree to this fact, or I agree to this fact, or I agree to this fact. That's never been the the question. The question is is very very lightly whether you agree to the fact or not. 
um, the enemy, Satan himself, mm -hmm. agrees to the fact that Jesus is the Son of God. He's got no choice there. Mm -hmm. um, he wouldn't have come after him like he did if, if he didn't agree to that. Yeah. So that doesn't make him a Christian, right? And this is James's entire point. You know, it's not just a problem for us today. It's a problem for them back there is they want to say, I believe in this, but then they don't want to live according to that belief. Yeah. And, and, and it's like we said before, you know, uh, you know, God says, you know, this, this is who I am. So this is what I'm capable of. And, and just to demonstrate that in the own, in this own passage, the way John 3.16 is used today is to say, well, if you agree that Jesus is the son of God, you're a Christian and you're saved. Yeah. Okay. Stand That's by. Not. That's not what this passage says, no. No. right? It says, they will not perish but have eternal life. But look, if you come up here and you look at the beginning, Jesus tells Nicodemus, he says, if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven, you must be born of water and spirit. Whoa, whoa, whoa which is it? Is it, do I just have to believe in, in the name of Jesus or do I have to be born of water and spirit? And the answer is, yes, there's, it, it's, there's more to it. It's not just simply agreeing to a fact, mm -hmm. but it's also living in accordance to this fact. Mm -hmm. And that's something that is totally, uh, totally mistaken. And, and But if you keep reading in the chapter, that's what the rest of the chapter is right. For, for God did not send a son into the world to condemn the world, but save the world through him. Mm -hmm. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of, uh, the name of God's mm -hmm. one and only son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Yeah. Everyone who does evil, notice what's being said here, everyone who does evil hates the light yeah. and will not come into light. So, so okay, again, finish the chapter out. You know, you can't lift a verse up out of its context and you can't apply a modern understanding to, to something, you know, and then run with it. Uh, but that's m today in modernity. That's the way people look at this verse. The very last verse of the, of the of the chapter says, "Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him." And here's another word that they take and say, "Oh, I didn't reject God. I believe in Him. I believe sure. in Him." Re but God, for God rejecting Him, go back here. Rejecting Him says, "I don't believe in you." I'm gonna I'm gonna gripe and complain and billache and 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 roll around the dirt and act like a child. And, but that's rejecting him, and people died because of it. Here, thirty thousand of them are going to die because they right. because they did not because they got up and come in. God said, "I heard them." You ought to tell me, "I heard them." And now this is what's coming. Well, and that's it, and understand Nicodemus's confusion here mm -hmm. um, because he he says Jesus says basically Jesus. I love I love the Book of John. First of all, the Book of John, in, in my mind, in my my personal opinion, the Book of John is the strongest evidence we have for inspiration yeah. mm -hmm. because the author of john has maybe like a vocabulary of 100 greek words but his gospel is a smackdown to the ancient world and its philosophies and its religion i mean it it, it is is amazing and it refutes everything yeah. the ancient world thought and believed i mean it, it is a challenge a direct challenge to the way the ancients thought of things including the rabbinic jews in the first century mm -hmm. You know, in the first century, rabbinic Judaism really took hold after the destruction of the temple in 70 AD. But it really started with the synagogues. And that, I mean, that's who the Pharisees are. That's what the scribes are. That I mean, they are the, this is the beginning of rabbinic Judaism mm -hmm. in, during Second Temple, mm -hmm. uh, Second Temple Israel. So Jesus is saying two things here that don't make any sense to a first century Jew. First of all, that he is the son of man, right? And that's okay. I like that. But then with this second statement, and he has to be lifted up in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. 
wait, what? They understand those two things because God lifting up that snake with Moses in the wilderness was him conquering, was him conquering the the uh, the spiritual powers and authorities of the snakes, yeah. right? Fine. You chose the snakes. Here are the snakes. I'm going to give you over to what you choose. You choose rebellion to me. You choosing spiritual rebellion. Fine. Here are the snakes that you want so bad. The snakes come out and they start doing what the spiritual rebels do, which is kill us. And then the people wake up and realize, I don't know what this, this is bad. And so God says to Moses, fine, make, put a snake on a pole and lift it up. What is God demonstrating? His power and authority over yeah. these spiritual power, these evil spiritual yeah. powers. Yeah. God is demonstrating, I have control over these things. The same thing he's doing with Jesus. Well, now he's doing power. it with Jesus. So, but they also understood what lift up meant. They, they understood what Jesus is, is saying here, I have to be killed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so he's saying in the same breath, I am the son of man you've been waiting for. And Daniel, the son of man that comes with the clouds, right? Jesus is grabbing onto that title. You see it real strongly in Luke. He grabs onto yeah. that title. He yeah. says, I am the son of man. Yeah. I am that person, right? And I have to be, I'm going to be lifted up. But now think about well, it. I'm going to be lifted up. And it's God's kingdom conquering through sacrifice. Well, he, what he's claiming what? is he's claiming divine authority. Oh, yeah. The, he's claiming divine authority yeah. as a man. He's standing before them. Think what it must have meant to them, what they must have thought when he said, I am a son of man. They knew Daniel. Oh, yeah. And they knew that that terminology was first, you first see it in the book of Daniel. Well, and, and, it, and it gets far afield. It's not just that. They understood. Like, they picked up rocks to stone him yeah. because they understood that he was claiming to be God. Yeah. And they thought of him as man. But all throughout this, you have to understand in the first century Judaism, they had a two powers theology. They had a, a understanding about God mm -hmm. that there was an eternal God yeah. that always remained eternal, always remained outside the creation. But all throughout the Old Testament, you see that power become personified. You see him in the burning bush. You see him in the angel who who stops Abraham from sacrificing Isaac? You see you him. See him. You, hold on. You, well, you see him with Aaron and and uh, and Moses and Miriam. Remember, he uh -huh. was in the cloud uh -huh. and he came down out of the cloud and he's talking. He's talking to Moses and Miriam. You're going to see him in the in the neck in in chapter 22 when when Balaam's donkey and it says the angel of the Lord stood before him and he's going whoo you know and and you and he identifies as God. The commander of, of the armies that Joshua worships. Mm -hmm. You know, anytime, I mean, go back, go back and look at Revelation, right? Mm -hmm. John tries to mm -hmm. prostrate himself yeah. before the messenger, and the messenger says, No, 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 no. I'm a fellow servant, don't do that. Yeah. Right? Uh Cornelius, you know, it, I mean, it happens all over the Bible. And angels who are servants, uh, these spiritual powers mm -hmm. who are servants of the creator, all say, No, no, don't worship us. Don't do that. Please don't do that. Mm -hmm. Right? The evil spiritual powers and authorities and rebellion will accept worship, yeah. but but ours don't. Boy, they 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 they, they call it. for it. Well, they call for they it. Yeah. Got the Satan in the wilderness says, Did, "You need to come down about down and worship me, me." Right? Yeah. So, but he, the commander that Joshua is going to meet, he bows down and offer him worship, and he doesn't say anything. He goes, no. "I'm the commander of the heavenly host." Well, who yeah. is this? This is the pre-incarnate Christ. Yeah, and, and, worship. and I, when we get there, when we get the next next time we when we get to chapter twenty-two and we start talking about Balaam, you know, when it says "Angel of the Lord" in verse oh, twenty-six, I've got I've got three or four verses here where it talks about <laughs> you know it, that, that, that we're going to go to is he identifies God, he pardons sins, he's worshipped. You know, I mean, this is this is Jesus before Jesus becomes Jesus. 
It's, 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 it's pretty cool. It, it's, it's pretty cool. Well, I mean, back here when you look at when you look at this this snake, this is the representation of Jesus before Jesus becomes Jesus. Jesus says, just like the snake was lifted up, I'm going to be lifted up. I mean, I'm going to be killed, but I'm going to be killed, and then on the third day, you're going to find out that God that God's God. Which in the first century is this mind blowing statement. Because they understood, they thought the Son of Man was going to come mm -hmm. and set up an earthly kingdom. Yeah. And that was never God's plan. Something I want to... Guys, when you see verses pulled out of context, like John 3.16, I understand what it says. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And that's true. And that's true. That's true. But you have to analyze what do the words mean. When you say, oh yeah, I believe in Jesus, that doesn't give you a ticket to heaven. Belief in God, in the biblical belief, where God says you believe, is someone who's willing to obey. Well, it, it, period. It's carried out in action. Absolutely. Your actions Absolutely. are evidence of your belief. It's like you were talking about your 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 barber or something. You were talking a while ago before we started recording, and you said, "Look at their life. What's yeah. the fruit? What's it? For. You know, I told you before. You want to know if someone's a disciple? Look how they live." They don't have to tell you anything. You, should see, you should see evidence. Someone who says they're you will see evidence. Jesus, you should see evidence of lo love, joy, peace, patience, absolutely, kindness, faith, Absolute. gentle, self-control. You should see that fruit in their life, and you should see that fruit. We've which got is the spirit. We've causing got numerous extra guys, numerous people that have been baptized over the last six months. You know, remember Pete? Huh? You remember Pete? Yeah. What was the first thing? First Sunday. After after we baptized, no, not even. We were walking out. We were walking out of the auditorium after we had baptized him, and uh, what? It, and this man, this man was. This man had a sign in his window that said, "Any amount will help." Yeah. Don't have money a, for. Groceries. He had a little, a little, uh, like a little coffee can wired to the top of his car and begging for donations. He, he had blown himself up. He he was lame, you know. Um, this man didn't have anything anything and I, and I love telling the story he didn't have anything right after we baptized him the first time the first thing he said and look and, and if you knew pete you knew you he know lived, this man he this, lived in squalor this man well not 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 only he, that but this man was this man was certainly flawed oh yeah you know i mean this was not a perfect man by no, any means but no. he was a brother in christ and he tried and he lived and I, I have no doubt that i will see him in glory but i, I loved what he said when he was walking out the door and it, it's well, just rolling out Rolling out, rolling out. The he was door. in a wheelchair. Rolling out the door, he looked at me, and we we take up collections. We help support um, a, a women's shelter here in town, and uh, with food, with food and, and stuff. And, and stuff. he's and he's rolling out the door, and he goes, "What do you all need for that? I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna bring something." And this man didn't have food himself, and he and he and then just next Sunday he showed, and it wasn't the last time he'd show up and he'd have all of this stuff, this food for these for to, to donate to the, and I'm sitting there going, man, you know, you remind me of, mm. he reminded me of the one with two mites, yeah, and she dropped him in the plate, and Jesus said, she done everything, she's given everything she has. It's amazing. What God does through His Spirit, and I, and you know, I mean, I'm watching, I'm I'm watching Robert Harvey, and seeing where he's come from. You met him at, at your you know your classes that you were taking together, and 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 I'm and I'm going, look at where he's at. Last week he preached at Vanderbilt. Mm -hmm. This next week he's going to be preaching at Fortran. It's an awesome thing. You know, he's what a year into this, a year maybe, maybe maybe a year into this. I'm going. 
Really? Yeah, I mean, these guys, you know, I mean, it's just, it's, it's when fun. somebody, when somebody, guys, what we're trying to say is when somebody truly believes, you see, you see the evidence of you it. See it. Yeah. They don't. They don't stand there holding a sign. Yeah, yeah, go, go, and guzzling bit one beer after another, and then screaming and cussing at the guy behind them. That's not what. That's not biblical belief, guys. Biblical belief is people that are striving to be Christ on earth, and that, and that's really the key. Yeah. Striving. Yeah. You know. Look. Absolutely. We, we're all sinners. Yeah. We're not saying that you're going to be perfect, but do you love your brother and sister? John says if you if you love your brother and sister and you serve them, right? If you love your neighbor as yourself, Jesus would say it this way, right? If you if you love me, keep my commandments. And what are my commandments? To love each other. Yeah. yeah. If you're if you're out there and you're sitting there saying, I don't need the church. I can do this on my own. Can't do it. That's not, not that's not the belief Jesus not is talking possible. about. Not possible. That's engaging in rebellion. Yeah. You cannot do this alone. And and I know well-meaning people have said this because they've had a bad experience with churches. Yeah. And I understand that. You've you've got to be on your guard. Not all congregations are the same. No. Uh I, I would say that it is it would behoove you to make a wise decision where you where you stay and, and commune and worship and who you do that with. Um because said, it matters. I said some Sunday morning. You know, we were we were bannered back and forth. I was talking to Larry Winters, who's been out for a while with his back back back, and we'd had some other things. And I looked up at the camera and I said, Guys, it's a family. It we 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 are a church, Central Church of Christ, but this is a family. That's right. And we have interactions between each other of things that are going on, and we're concerned about each other as a family. This is not what we do on Sunday. This is what we do every day. This is what we are. Mm-hmm. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for this story of, about uh, these folks and the folks dying and the bronze snake and and the connection to us and the connection to your son. Father, we pray your blessings upon us and a prayer of thanksgiving that we have for for the opportunity that we have, Father, to believe in your Son, be obedient to, to you and to him, and to show that belief and that through our obedience, through our lifestyle. Father, thank you for the opportunity. We look forward to spending eternity with you. But while we're here, we pray, Father, you give us things to do and then give us the courage and the strength to do them. And thank you, Father, for the opportunities. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.